This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. What's up, everyone? Welcome back to Through the Smoke, a Miami Hurricanes podcast here on the 24-7 Sports Network. I'm Andrew Ivins on the end of the other line, David Lake. David, Miami's got their 2021 schedule. It came out Thursday morning via the ACC. Um, That's what we're going to talk about. Reaction podcast that. What do you think about this schedule? Is Miami going 12-0? Well, I don't know about 12 and 0, but I do think it's it's a fairly kind schedule. Um, you know, we'll get into all the details of it. We already knew the non-conference, right? So we already knew Miami opened with Alabama, then played Appalachian State, then played Michigan State, then played their FCS opponent Central Connecticut State, right? So we already knew that Today we found out how the ACC slate looks, and um, I don't really have any complaints. I don't know how. I don't. I don't. I would assume Miami fans don't have any complaints either. I think the way it sets up is uh, reasonable, and you know, I think my, we we know after Miami went eight and three last year, and was able to convince Derek King to return. Uh, there was going to be expectations going into this season. And I think the way this schedule lays out only cements that further in my mind. Um, but yeah, we can get into it. Where do you want to start? Okay, let's start with the first game. Because I think there is a tricky, tricky, tricky stretch built into this. Um, on the surface, it doesn't look like, you know, it looks like it's setting up well. But we know how Miami has struggled coming off the bye week under Manny Diaz. Sure. Um, they struggle when you give them extended time. And then, so so the way it sets up, that first ACC game is actually on a Thursday night. So Miami's right. going to play five games in September. Um, they'll play Central Connecticut on September 25th. Then five days later on a Thursday night, play Virginia at home. Then you right. got a bye before eventually going to uh, North Carolina on October 16th. So that to me is like, looks for most programs or most teams. Like you're like, man, two weeks to get everyone healthy after that first stretch, get to prepare for one of our hardest games on the schedule. But I just think that's like an extended, extended, not vacation, but break before you return to action. I think that's something to certainly be concerned about. Yeah. It's interesting. You circle that Virginia game. Um, you know, we haven't talked about the schedule at all yet, but I agree. I think, in my opinion, that Virginia game is kind of like the quote-unquote trap game, right? So it's it's after Miami plays an FCS opponent. Um, 
and it's five days after they play that opponent. So it's a quick turnaround. And Virginia is a team that should command Miami's respect. I think Brennan Armstrong is one of the more underrated quarterbacks in the country, to be honest. Um, he's, a, he's just a tricky guy with his, his running and passing ability to defend. Um, and Virginia is good enough to beat Miami on, on any given day. So I agree. That's a bit of a trap game. If Miami gets through that though, they have 16 days to prepare for North Carolina who, you know, outside of Alabama, I guess is, uh, the biggest game on Miami schedule. I would argue it is the biggest game on Miami schedule <clears throat> just because of what my realistic expectations are for that Alabama game. Um, but yes, you're right. That storyline of Manny Diaz struggling and, you know, coming out of bye weeks is certainly there still. Um, but you get 16 days to rest up, recover, prepare for North Carolina. And I'll say this, North Carolina has to play Florida state the week before. So it's not a situation where both teams have a bye week to prepare for this game. Um, Miami does North Carolina doesn't, um, and it'll be interesting to see how, how it goes. Can I give another just like initial thought with this schedule? Yeah. Okay. We know Miami isn't going to be favored against Alabama. <laughs> they right. should be, they will be significant underdogs. Um, right. Like let's just all be realistic. This That's probably a loss. Uh, yeah. But I do think when you look at the schedule, I mentioned Miami plays five games in September. Okay. Mm-hmm. We know Derek King is coming back from this knee injury. Right, we don't really know exactly the time frame, uh, but the, they're expecting him to be ready by what the, the the start of fall camp. Am I correct on that? That's what they're saying. Yeah, for right. Now. So yeah. let's say you know there is, and and I'm not reporting this or, or anything like that, but let's say there were to be some type of setback on D- with Derek King. You know, I think Miami could go that first. I mean, the schedule is really two halves. It's, you got the first half, that buy, then the second half. Right. You know, I think they might be able to navigate their way to uh, what would that be four and one without yes. De'Ara King, and then you insert him back in for the the AC schedule, ACC schedule in the second half. I mean, is that in the ideal world? No, but I'm just saying I did look at the schedule, and that's kind of one of the things I thought about. Well, let's say there is some type of setback with De'Ara King, and I don't think there will be. I mean, he seems to be a pro's pro in terms of a guy that's going to put in the work to be ready as soon as possible. But right. worst case scenario, I mean, I don't know. It wouldn't be Nikosi Perry and, you know, week one against Alabama would be a bloodbath, but I do think Miami would be able to maybe navigate or steer it to four and one, three and two. And then you have Derek King uh, available for the final six games or with the seven games. I agree with that take. I think that's a good take. Um, I would say, I'm not, I mean, it depends. Like I, I'm still expecting Nikosi Perry to move on. Right. So right. if Nikosi Perry moves on, I would still want Derek by that Virginia game, but that is still September 30th. Right. That's, that's a whole nother month um, after that Alabama game essentially. But yeah, I agree. They, they can, there is a path to bring Derek slowly along if they have to do that. Um, right. We don't, we don't know if that's going to be the case yet, but that option is there. Give me, give me some other, other takes on the schedule. We've, we've, so we've, to me, we've gotten through uh, September 30th here. 
Yeah, well, to me, in my opinion, and it's not like the biggest names, right? Traditional college football names. But to me, the success of this season in a lot of ways is going to be defined by uh, the three games that Miami plays in October. So their first game in October is against North Carolina on October 16th. Um, you know, obviously that, that game will probably decide the Coastal Division. Um, after that, Miami returns home to host NC State, who, you know, had very quietly, I think, went eight and four last year. Um, and, and obviously, uh, from a Miami perspective, really pushed Miami in that game last year, 44-41, with Bailey Hockman at quarterback. Uh, this year, De- Devin Leary, is, who is their starter, is, you know, assume going to be assumed to be healthy from his leg injury he sustained. He's a much better quarterback than Bailey Hockman. So they're kind of an under-the-radar dangerous team, in my opinion. And then the last game of October is at Pittsburgh, who, you know, is always kind of a pesky opponent. And I will point to the quarterback position again with them as they return Kenny Pickett, who, you know, feels like he's been there a decade. Um, oh, yes, he is, man. He's going to be their quarterback again. And, you know, he, he, I will say this about Kenny Pickett. He does continue to get better with each year. So he's a dangerous quarterback. They did lose a lot of guys on defense, but with Pat Narduzzi as your head coach, you would assume that they will at least be above average on that side of the ball at Pitt. So I kind of circle that month of October as the month where we're going to find out what this team is about in terms of getting to the ACC championship game. Do you agree with that? Yeah, uh, but I'm going to come in with this because I think those next two games on the schedule are going to be more difficult than you would think uh, uh, on first glance. So the next two uh, are both or not both home games, Georgia Tech on November 6th and then at Florida State on November 13th. I think both those teams are going to be much improved in 2021, just kind of given what they have done uh, on the recruiting trail, more so for Georgia Tech, and then what Florida State has done in the transfer portal. I think those guys are going to be new look. Um, So it's it's funny you said October, but I think that that back-to-back stretch right there is going to be sticky as well, or or those aren't two for sure circle as Ws. One thing, too, I've noticed about the schedule, um, and and let me know if you think this matters, there's no back-to-back away games on the schedule. So um, the second half of the year, Miami's at North Carolina, home NC State, at Pittsburgh, home Georgia Tech, at Florida State, home Virginia Tech, at Duke. Um, I think, you know, traveling does matter during the grind of a, of a college football season. And in that regard, you know, Miami has, in my opinion, a fairly friendly schedule in terms of traveling. Do you think that matters? Yeah. I mean, they only leave the state of Florida four times. Um, yeah. Uh, Alabama and Atlanta at North Carolina at Florida State at Duke. Is this the third year in a row they've played at Duke? <laughs> uh, yeah, I guess you are right. I didn't realize that. Yeah. Third year in a row in Durham. <laughs> like, how is that possible? <laughs> that is crazy. Yeah. I mean, luckily, you know, I don't know, man. I think Duke, like, 
there was a stretch there where Duke, like you did kind of have to respect them, but man, they just seem like a lot of guys are leaving. Um, they're going to have a new quarterback situation. Not that their quarterback was great um, this past year, but that's a nice one to end the year with, in my opinion. Okay. So we have the schedule now. We know what it looks like. Let's assume Derek King is back healthy in some capacity. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, maybe Miami adds some other transfer this summer, Ooh. you know, at, at a position of need or, or something like that. But we, we, we have a gist of what the roster is. Right. Uh, we can get into this in a few minutes. We have a good idea of what the coaching staff is going to look like. Um, <laughs> just given how this lays or right. falls, you know, what do you think? Because what we both said, I think everyone at Inside the U thought nine and two for Miami. Eight and three. Eight and three. Eight and three, and that was accurate. I mean, I guess what are your expectations in 2021? And yeah, so I do think a 10 win season is a fair expectation when you look at the schedule, how it lays out, what Miami's returning, you know, assuming, of course, like you said, De'Eric King is fairly healthy, ready to go for the vast majority of this season. Um, you know, I think the two games you circle are Alabama, of course, and North Carolina. Um, can Miami split that? You know, can Miami get a North Carolina win? Um, I think if they can split that, you know, maybe you assume they drop a game they shouldn't drop or drop a game against like an NC State or a uh, Virginia or a Georgia Tech that they shouldn't drop uh, and go 10 and 2. Um, you would think that would still get them into the ACC championship game with a win over North Carolina. If Miami drops the Alabama and North Carolina game, I think 10 and two is going to be tough. I mean, maybe they hold the line and win all the rest of their games. Um, But, you know, look, I I'm totally fine with, with Miami fans having the 10 win expectation, 10 win plus expectation for this year's team. Um, you know, besides those two teams, when you look at it just on paper, and again, games aren't played on paper, Miami's the better team than, than all these teams, except for Alabama and North Carolina is probably a toss up. Um, but, you know, with what North Carolina has done the last two years to Miami, you got to give them the edge, just being real. So I go 10 and two. What do you think? Oof. Damn, I was going to go like eight and four. <laughs> okay. uh, I, I'm, in, I'm split between eight and four, nine and three. Um, like I said, I think Alabama is going to be a loss. I think North Carolina is going to be very difficult. Mm-hmm. Um, I'd probably give that a loss. And then I think that that stretch in, like I said, the, the Georgia Tech, Florida State, at Pittsburgh, at Pittsburgh, like I think they could drop another one of those. So, you know, nine and three, eight and four, that's, that's kind of where, it's kind of where I'm at. Yeah, no, I think that's fair. I think, yeah, anywhere between eight and ten wins. But I do, I do, I do think you could get it rolling. Absolutely, and like you said, challenge for an ACC title, challenge for a New Year's Six appearance. Um, but I mean, I I would like to see what the pass rush looks like this spring. Fair and um, linebacker play. Yeah, and again, we can get into you know. I, I, well, let's just talk about it. I mean, there could be, I think, some more coaching changes for Miami. Correct. Right. So Blake Baker is interviewing with LSU for the and, linebacker job. Right? Yeah. So the, the, again, caveat, this is Thursday morning, 10 a.m. He did interview. 
I don't know when. I don't think a decision has been made, but he did interview with Ed Orgeron for an assistant position uh, at LSU. Right. And so, okay, let's, let's talk about what that would mean for Miami. Hypothetically, if Blake decided to move on. Um, I don't think it really changes much. Right. So the, the question would be, do you, would you expect Manny to go hire a defensive coordinator or would you expect him to hire a linebackers coach? I would expect him to hire a linebackers coach. I would, I would, I would expect the same. Yeah. So, um, and you know, Miami fans have, have connected the dots too. If that happens, I think they've circled, his name is Travis Williams. Is that right? From uh, Auburn. Yeah. And I believe, um, I believe Travis, who is a very good recruiter, he's also in the mix for that LSC yes. linebacker position as well. Right. Right. So, you know, there's some dominoes there, you know, we'll see how it goes, but I, I will note this, that uh, Travaris Robinson, T-Rob, who is of course on Miami staff now uh, as the secondaries coach, him and him and Travis are very close friends. I, I believe uh, T-Rob has named his son, uh, Travis after him. So, um, it would be an interesting connection, interesting thing to look out for if Blake does in fact land that LSU job. And we should probably explain why we don't think Manny would go get a, a D coordinator. I mean, from what I've heard, just a people in the know, Manny isn't going to change the defensive system. Like he wants it to be kind of what it is. Right. I, I think it's to be really hard for him to go out and get some guy to either a convert to what he wants to run, um, or just it, it, it's it's going to be difficult. Like that's a hard transition to make. It's a hard sell. If you're a D coordinator, you'd be like, well, well, I mean, I'm going to come work for this defensive head coach that essentially wants to call plays. So I think it's right. It's a sticky or it's an unusual situation. I mean, heck, man, do you think Ephraim Banda would regret leaving for Utah State? Right. That's a fair point. Um, but again, you know, would he be able to, to call plays like he will be at Utah State? Right. Um, plus, I think, too, and look, this isn't like uh, necessarily the biggest deal, but the timing does matter in terms of searching for a defensive coordinator. It's not the ideal time to be looking for a defensive coordinator. Um, you know, LSU themselves have, have been searching for a defensive coordinator for weeks and, and it hasn't really gone well. So, um, I think the question, the question uh, to ask is, could Manny hire a better defensive coordinator than himself? Probably not. But the counterpoint would be, okay, do you want Manny uh, stretched thin? That does, you know, handling more of the defensive coordinator duties stretch him thin as a head coach? That's a fair question to ask. Um, but yeah, if Blake does move on, I would expect Manny to hire a linebackers coach. Crazy unrelated nugget though, but you know, my school FAU, six defensive coordinators in six years. <laughs> yeah, Jim Levitt just moved on, right? I, isn't that crazy though? That's yeah. That's not fun for the players to deal with, too. Oh. I guess it was more of like how much does a coordinator matter? I, I don't know. Um and then the other coaching wrinkle in all this uh has to do with UCF. So UCF, Heupel, the, the coach there, it was announced on Wednesday that he will be headed to Knoxville to be the head coach at Tennessee. I mean, he was introduced. There was a press conference all, and all that. 
but there's a vacancy now in Orlando. And I texted you right away. As soon as this all happened on, on Wednesday morning, I'm like, Brett Lashley would make a ton of sense for UCF. And as the hot boards started coming out, um, I saw a few people mention Rhett Lashley. Um, and we've talked about it in the past on this podcast. Like, could we see Rhett leaving for another job or would it be a power five job, a, a group of five job? I yeah. think the UCF opening is one of the best jobs um, in the country. Yes. And I think he would crush it there. You got to remember, he was at, at SMU, which is in the AAC. He was at UConn, which is in the AAC. Uh, he puts up points. I, I think he would make a ton of sense for UCF. So, I mean, who knows if he'll interview, who knows what direction they're going to go with this search, but I definitely think that's something to monitor because if I'm Rhett Lashley and UCF comes and approaches me, uh, I got to listen. Yes, I agree. I mean, I, I've been pretty clear that, you know, I agree with you that Rhett Lashley is going to be a head coach at some point, right? He's just that guy that, you know, it's fairly obvious that he's going to be able to lead his own program. Um, and I've maintained it would be smart for, for Rhett to wait for a power five offer, just because I think it's, it's tough to be successful at the group of five level um, and then move on to the power five level as a head coach. But UCF is that rare group of five uh, head coaching job that is extremely desirable. You've seen, you know, the past two head coaches there have used it as a springboard to major jobs. Scott Frost going to Nebraska and Josh Heupel going to Tennessee. So, um, you know, if you have big success there, which is possible, we've seen, uh, you can get that, that next step to the power five level. And, you know, in a lot of ways, uh, Rhett Lashley has a similar uh, profile as a, as a Josh Heupel, right? A, a successful offensive coordinator runs a, a similar, you know, style of offense that UCF has become known for here recently. And so, yeah, there are, there are a lot of, a lot of things that make sense about that. Um, I do think though, and I'm not saying, I, I think Rhett Lashley would be a good hire for UCF if they wanted to do that. But I do think, uh, you know, there's going to be some hot, not even hot, but some intriguing, even current, like head coaching job, head coaches that, that might, you know, want to give that job a look too. Um, so, you know, would Rhett make sense at UCF? Yes. But could UCF go make more of a splashy hire? I think they could. Um, but yes, to your point, I think it'll be an interesting thing to monitor. And we're not saying this is in the works or anything. But, right, right. You know. It's just a putting, not putting two to two together, but if you follow the coaching carousel and you just kind of have an idea of what's going on, like his name yes. should definitely be on those hot boards. Yes. Um, I, I don't want to get too deep in the weeds here. Let's say he, if he did go... I think that would put Miami in a pretty bad spot as well, correct? Not ideal. I would assume, you know, we've talked about it, that they would go with Rob Likens uh, as, as the head coach, or sorry, as the offensive coordinator. Um, but, yeah, I mean, some decisions would have to be made. It would stink because, you know, another OC, what, third OC in three years, not a great situation. Um, and, and, two, I think the players genuinely like playing for Rhett. 
Brett Lashley. So uh, would not be great. Would put Miami in a tough spot. And yeah, hopefully from a Miami perspective, it doesn't happen this offseason. All right. Anything else you want to touch on? I know we were trying to keep it short. Uh, senior bowls going on. Quincy Roche um, yeah. looking good. Yeah, I saw he had some some viral clips uh, having success in one on ones against Alex Leatherwood. Right? Yeah. So. Are you gonna bet on the on the Senior Bowl? You know you can bet on it. No. 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 <laughs> Are you? I don't know. I mean, who knows, man? <laughs> Which roster do you like then? I don't know. I don't know. Uh, I was just. <laughs> I, I. It came across my timeline. It, it was funny. I, I did think what was notable. Um, you know, now being on the more evaluation side of things is, is I think Quincy Roche came in at six, two and, and some change. Um, and I mentioned this to you, it's just, it's kind of eye opening how many edge rushers or not how many, but like we're seeing more and more edge rushers in that six, two, right. uh, or under six, three that are getting drafted. Josh Uche, um, the Miami Columbus product. It was at Michigan last year, Roche, there's a kid from Oregon state. And, you know, I was just looking, thinking, out loud in my head. Um, Miami's got Thomas Davis on campus. You know, we've mentioned in the past how he's lacks the ideal measurables, but it seems like if you can get to the quarterback, uh, they will take you. Yeah. I mean, it's kind of that idea we talk about in the back end with positionless football. I think that happened. That's happening a little too with, with the edge rush spot, right? Guys who, you know, can drop back at times and change direction a little bit in space has some value too but yeah if you can get after the quarterback no matter what size you are uh the nfl will find a spot for you oh i did have one last thing i want to ask you you were because me and gabby did the last podcast uh you were at the battle miami camp uh, or tournament as well just your your thoughts on yeah. that anything that stood out because that was your first look at a ton of these guys yeah for sure um you know hollandale uh, has got some DBs and we're back seven players, you know, whether you like guys at striker or DB. Um, and, you know, you've reported that, that T Rob is um, connected there. Right. So uh, I think that's a good sign. I'm a big fan of um, what's his name. Anthony Rose, Hollandale safety, six, yeah, 480 pounds. I, I went and found his huddle, right? And uh, I think his huddle definitely stands up after, yeah. you know, what I saw, what I saw at the tournament, you know, went and checked real football, how he looks. And uh, I don't know, man, to me, he's a four-star guy that is an SEC slash Miami caliber type player. Um, I would find a way to keep him locked up. So, yeah. One guy, what did you think about Kamari Rogers? Yeah, very good cover guy, right? So he's a guy that can definitely change direction well, mirror receivers, um, has a good knack for uh, knowing when the ball's coming to, you know, knock it away. He, he plays with poise when, when the ball's thrown his way. So would would be another guy that, that if Miami was able to get him, uh, that'd be a nice little addition. Yeah, and, and Miami is in hot pursuit. I do have two more things that I forgot. I should have really done an outline for this, but I was at the dentist. Tate Martell in the, in the transfer portal, Robert Burns in the transfer portal. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, you know, Tate, um, you know, when, when Christopher Stock reported that Tate intended to come back, right, um, 
my understanding is, you know, Chris let the people at Miami know that, that he was writing this and the people at Miami were like, okay, I guess we need to have conversations, right, with Tate. So I think it was a little surprising that from Miami's perspective that Tate wanted to come back. And so I think conversations were probably had. And, you know, at the end of the, the day, Tate made the best decision for him and his career. So um, wish him luck. Hopefully he can land someplace and, and figure things out because I think he can be a fun player to watch in the right system, at the right level, et cetera, et cetera. Um, and then Robert Burns, yeah, I mean, you know, clearly he wants he wants to play. So uh, that wasn't going to be an option for him probably at Miami. Um, being I, think, I, I think that does impact the roster a little bit. Well, okay, so my thought went to – so Mark Anthony Richards still hasn't announced, right? Correct, correct, correct. But so I'm, just, I'm just saying you now only have four scholarship running backs, correct? Correct. So Cam Harris, Rooster, Cheney, and then Thad coming in. I mean, they're going to have, I think, only two scholarship running backs in spring football. Yes, correct. So, yeah, again, to, to the Richards point, if he's willing to be patient and, and enroll in what for fall camp, right, that would boost that group from a numbers perspective and honestly a talent perspective. That's, that's probably a talent trade you would make Robert Burns for, for Mark Anthony Richards. So, but anyways, Robert Burns, great guy, uh, does a lot of good work in the community and uh, hopefully his next spot, he can, he can get that playing time he's looking for. Yeah, maybe FIU. All right, we're going to get out of here, guys. We will talk to you next time. Take care, guys. this it's friday afternoon when a thought hits you i can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever or i can conquer it i can hop into my all-new hyundai santa fe and hit the road any road the steeper the better because my all-new santa fe is available with h-track all-wheel drive so i can hit the trail without a worry in the world Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey.